Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 755 with Diana Chan. Diana has some fantastic insight when it comes to marketing yourself well, doing the job hunt optimally. So you'll learn one, the biggest networking mistakes professionals make. Two, the real first step to any successful job hunt. And three, the right way to answer, tell me about yourself. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items that we mentioned here, please pay us a visit at awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP755. And if you're hanging out at awesomeatyourjob.com, I recommend you check out some goodies like our full text transcripts across every episode, which are totally searchable, which is cool, as well as the Gold Nugget email list, which summarizes the actionable tidbits that Diana and others share in a quick email you can read, as well as unlocking the vault of all of those summaries. There's 755 of them now. Whoa. All right. Now here's Diana's story. Diana YK Chan is a former recruiter turned executive career coach, speaker, and trainer at My Marketability. Her mission is to empower you to own your greatness with confidence to shine and thrive in your career. She's recognized as LinkedIn's top voice in 2022 for job searching careers, where she's known for differentiating your personal brand, building strong relationships, and communicating with confidence. Diana is the creator of Top Talent Academy, where she's coached thousands of clients globally on how to stand out, get hired, and earn more. She's the host of the Dare to Differentiate live show on LinkedIn and YouTube. Big thanks to Diana for sharing her wisdom with us. Big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome? And with a fresh year, perhaps you're like many small business owners looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no. No, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, here's Diana. Diana, welcome to How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Hey, Pete. I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. Well, I'm delighted to to have you. And I thought it was really fun. You mentioned that you were a listener in, in 2018 and, and my producers found you now. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Lovely. Well, so we're talking about job search stuff. Could you maybe kick us off with maybe a particularly surprising or, or counterintuitive or extra fascinating discovery you've made over the years about just what does it take to win in this job search world? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been helping thousands of job seekers. And since the pandemic, I've been seeing a lot of people pivoting. And one thing that I really noticed is that it's not about being the most qualified candidate. It's about how you connect and communicate with the interviewer to convince them why you're the ideal candidate with confidence. So it's not just about your qualifications, but how do you show up to showcase that you are the one and how you can help them? Mm -hmm. And so that makes sense in terms of 
many people have probably had the experience of, oh, I've, I've got all the right stuff. I'm checking the boxes, the, the skills, the experience, the knowledge, and, and they may even be angry at the injustice. Like, <laughs> I, I should ha- have been selected, but I wasn't. So connection, we're going to dig into that. But while we're here, can you anything, any top do's or don'ts when it comes to connecting well? Yeah, I love that question. So one of my networking tips that I love to share is always about my ABCs. Always be connecting, always be curious, always be cultivating. And the way I look at it, the connection piece is that a lot of times people neglect the networking piece until they need to look for a job. But you really want to look at connecting with people anytime because you just never know what type of opportunities may unfold along the way. So some of my best tips is really asking questions, getting curious, showcasing that curiosity that you're really interested in them, the showcase warmth as well, like this uh, sincerity and authenticity to really connect, finding common interests. It really helps as well to build that trust and rapport instantly out there. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I guess I'd, I'd also love your take in terms of maybe zooming out a bit. Right now, allegedly, the great resignation is upon us and it we're recording this in, in March of 2022. And it's, it seems as though it is the employee's market, or more so than it has been before. First of all, is that a fair assessment or am I just yeah. repeating talking points that, that are false? No, uh, you're absolutely correct, right? Okay. Millions of people have quit their jobs, which means that employers are having a hard time to fill the vacant roles and the new roles there, right? So it is a candidate's market uh, right now. However, it's still also a very competitive market, meaning that not only, yes, there are these vacancies, but you this is where the whole personal branding comes in, that you need to really elevate your personal brand to differentiate and stand out and showcase not just your qualifications, but what is it that can you can really do for the employer? How can you help them solve their problems? How can you really help them achieve their goals? One of the biggest or I guess newer thing that I've been seeing right now, because I, I tend to work with a lot more seasonal level professionals who have at least 10 to 20 years of experience. And they've been in the same company for a long time. And what I'm seeing right now is that there are more new jobs being created that never existed before. So it is so important to be able to diversify your skill set to showcase the potential of what you have to offer. So for example, I've seen people like I had a client who was a director in operations at a hospital in the ICU, and she made a pivot to work in long-term care. And she had a newly recreated role for her from the CEO, where it was a combination of operations, strategic partnerships, and quality. Mm-hmm. And so it's leveraging her background, but also the, the need of the business of where things are heading of how she could add value there. What do we call that title? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a combination of multiple titles. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. It's like newly created roles. And I think when we look at it is there's this need of your ability to, to be able to think strategically and work cross-functionally, understand multiple different areas of uh, the businesses there. Mm-hmm. Well, I love it. We're already getting into some, some juicy hows and, and, and tips and tricks. Uh, maybe to kick us off, though, could you share a why? In terms of, you know, why do we want to be always be connecting if we feel like, hey, this job's working out okay? Uh, could you g- give us a, a story or some research, some some inspiration that can get us in the mode of indeed always be connecting and branding and doing the stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So the way I like to think about it, and I'll tie this connecting and branding together. Right, I talk about the importance of personal branding. It's really going to help 
It's all about who you are, how you're perceived, and what what's your promise in terms of value proposition. When you have that strong brand, and you also add that with connecting with people, it's going to add more credibility. And when you have more credibility, it's also going to increase your markability, which as a result, it's going to help you get more opportunities as well. And so when you connect with more people, then when I think of connecting with people, it's not just about you getting something from them, but I talk a lot about give, give, give before you get. So the more you add value and help others, people are going to remember you. So I'll just give an example is I used to work as a former recruiter. And one of the things that I love that not a lot of people do that stand out is when candidates that I reached out to that are not the right fit, but they refer other people in their network to me. And I always remember this, these people because not a lot of people do that. And it's this whole pay it forward where the more you do it, the more people are going to remember you. So for me, in, in my instances, like I love referring also people in my network. If I know a client's a good fit for a role or someone I know an employer that's filling this role, I'll make an introduction. And the least I can do is maybe open some doors. I can't guarantee the job, but at least it's open doors opportunities. And by doing that, you're going to build this trust essentially, right? So when it comes to asking for a favor down the road, people are more likely to say yes, because you have built this uh, credibility there. That's powerful. And so you're saying you were the recruiter. You interviewed candidates. You told the candidates no. <laughs> no, no, they said no to me. Oh. Yeah, oh, both ways. I've done that too. Okay. I have rejected candidates. Actually, when I was at Google, I've rejected more people than accepted. And sure. some people are just really good relationship building that they referred me other people. That's cool. And then there's the other way around where they didn't, was not the right fit for them. Like they rejected me, mm-hmm. but then they recommended others in their network to me. And I always remember these people because we're talking like, probably just one or 2% of the people who would actually do that. That's true. It's rare and it's special and and you remember. And so you've got a broad network of people who are looking to, to help you out. You increase your opportunities. And then I guess I'm thinking specifically, because I've learned that most of my listeners, go figure, like their jobs. <laughs> and I'm not trying to say, quit your job. But I, I think that it can be quite possible to get comfortable, which is not always a bad thing. Sometimes you just really want to be be in that groove. And yet I I think that it's in our interests to be connecting and to have an eye open. And I'm curious, like I I heard some stat and maybe you'll know it better than I, like that most of us, I mean, about about a bit from Ramit Sethi. It's like most of us are are, are being underpaid by, I don't know, 10% or, or, or some amount. Yeah. And I don't know. First of all, do you think that's true? Or like just how much opportunity do you think we leave on the table by not keeping our eyes open? I think you leave a lot. And this is, goes back to if we don't manage our brand or manage our network, you're not being known, you're not being seen. So the markability and visibility and credibility is lacking there, right? So you people may forget about you if you don't have that, right? So you mentioned like I mean, your listeners here, like they love their job. And one of the common things I see is I work with a lot of people who've either been the same company, let's say a decade or 20 years. Mm-hmm. and they faced a restructuring or they got a package and they need to start fresh. And a lot of times they don't know where to start. And the common thing I hear is that they have not worked on building their external network, Yeah, which is understandable because they've put all their time and effort in their, their internal company here. But it, you know, one thing I talk about is you don't want to wait till the time when you need to look for a job to start networking. You can start even networking with people either internally or people you know right. who made a jump externally to stay in touch with them. Because if you have this relationship and they're hiring down the road, they are going to keep you in mind. 
right? Yeah. And as you move up in the company, let's just imagine you get to this VP level or SVP level, there's going to be less and less of those openings. And oftentimes, and I see this a lot with my clients, is that a lot of times they find opportunities or uncover new opportunities a lot faster because of networking or they are referred by other people. Studies show that you're five times more likely to get hired through a referral. Mm-hmm. And when you have these relationships, doors just open. I have seen where clients, a difference between an executive level client where they have a strong external network that normally takes at least six months, maybe to a year to find a VP level and above to someone landing in a couple months, two to three months mm-hmm. because they were able to tap into their network there. Yeah, I find that that's a really compelling argument right there in terms of it seems obvious, but I guess I haven't really thought about it until you've really said it just now. That if I just imagine an organizational chart, I got an org chart in the boxes and the cascading down, like there are far more individual contributor roles than there are manager roles. And there are far more manager roles than there are director roles. And there are far more director roles than there are VP roles. And there are far more VP roles than there are C-suite roles and far more C-suite roles than there are CEO roles. Yeah. So that's just the basics of spans and layers and mathematics and how that works out. And, and thusly, if you are on a cool trajectory, you're learning, you're growing, you're, you're being promoted. Indeed, there will come a day in which it's like, oh, shoot, there's not very many spots left. So there are not many opportunities left. And it's like, I don't know, it's like someone needs to die or retire. And that might be years before that happens kind of a situation. And so if you are ahead of the game with your your, your networks and your people, your connections, then you'll have a much easier time making the leap in, into the upper echelons when there aren't as many spots available for you. Yeah. That makes good sense. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that there's going to be a time where people will hit either a plateau in their career, right? Where they either feel like they're, they hit their ceiling or there aren't really that many opportunities where things are just not as challenging anymore and they may want to consider something new. One thing I can say to your listeners is from my experience is that if you are either looking to make that bigger leap of either greater responsibilities or greater income, let's just talk about the the, the tangible result here is a greater income. I know from experience, you're more likely to get a five to six worker jump of salary by making an external jump than internally. A five to six what? Five to six figures more than before by making an external jump than an internal promotion. More. So we were thinking, okay, hey, I'm a manager yep. at, I'll just say, a cola, a cola company. And I could, maybe I could be promoted to a director of a cola company. You're saying that if I were to go become a director at the competitive cola company, I would expect to get not just a, an increase in compensation, which I should get because I'm being promoted anyway, but rather ten to a hundred thousand dollars extra on top of bigger bump just because I went external. Yes. That's huge. Okay. Because it is huge. Like internally when you think about it, the typical pay raise is between three percent, five percent, maybe seven percent. Like an annual, like I'm I'm sticking around doing the same thing. Uh-huh. An annual increase. That's like the typical type of there. But if you, like, I'll give an example. I had a client, even not a, at a senior manager level, senior manager client in product, product management at a telecommunications company. He made a jump to FinTech, financial technology company. And it was like a growing startup. His salary increased by 40% mm-hmm. and received a five-figure signing bonus. Okay. At 
the similar level, senior manager level. All righty. Okay. There you go. And so if you can imagine for those who are making the next level jump, even the title jump, what the possibility. Now, I can't say this is a guarantee, but right now, because it's a candidate's market, and if you are really good at what you do, you have a great reputation, you have a great track record of success, you have really great skill set that's in demand right now, you hire negotiation power. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another great example. Like literally just happened to my other client, uh, a more junior level client, a system, a, se- a senior business system analyst. So a more technical role in, in a Salesforce, Salesforce type of uh, role there. The employer offered a number, and but he also had another offer elsewhere that was paying more. And so he went back to negotiate and say like, hey, like they're offering like 100K and you're offering me like 75K. Mm-hmm. What can you do? That's like, 25k difference, right? Yeah. Within a couple hours, this employer got back to them with uh, $25,000 more plus another 10k signing bonus. Okay, that'll do it. Cool. Well, well that's exciting. The opportunities. Thank you. So I think we, we built a nice strong why there with regard to whether you want to, whether it's in the future by years, you just get get ahead of it, or it you may be surprised to learn that there's a big opportunity that's you're just not even aware of available to you right now by doing this stuff uh, you increase the odds of you being able to to seize that and, and benefit so mm-hmm. so let's talk about some of the, the goods here when it comes to connecting can you share with us a, a few of your your best and worst practices when it comes to growing a a large and, and meaningful professional network yeah so one thing with networking is first we ought to really focus on give, give, give before we get. So I think that's the first thing in terms of building your network is think about how can I add value to other people? And this is where you can really think about like, what expertise do I have? What am I passionate about? Who do I like to to support there, right? You want to think of it from that perspective. And then from there, you know, if we're thinking of from a think of, well, what type of network I want to build? This is where you want to map out those, the qualities or people that you want to learn from. And you can, one of the tools I love using to build my network is LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Right, LinkedIn is a fantastic tool to build your network, to stay in touch with people, and is also a great way for you to share your expertise, to build your credibility and authority as well. So over time, the more you start essentially giving back or helping each other out, your network is just going to increase. So for example, like I'm connected to hundreds of recruiters on my LinkedIn. And, you know, it's because I started off as also working as a recruiter. And over time, you just meet other recruiters as well to learn about best practices, right? A great way to meet other people is find other people who are doing similar work as you, but in a different industry to share best practices. That is a great strategy. I have some of my very senior level clients where they spend a lot of time at the same company. And the way they approach networking is think of how they can share best practices to help each other out other. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's another great way of building a network. That's super. Okay. And so when it comes to sharing, you can share with people that you already know in, in terms of give, give, give. And so that they, boy, Diana is so swell. She's always has all kinds of insightful, great things that I'm so glad I, to know about. So you can do give, give, give. And then when it comes to meeting them, new people, how do you recommend we do that? Yeah, I love this. So it all starts with really building the trust. And rapport. And the way I like to think about it, like even if we drop 
careers and job search aside, let's just imagine we're meeting someone new. How do you go about doing that, right? The key here is really finding the mutual common interests that you have. I'll give you a very simple example. Like this was a couple of years ago when I went on a cruise. This was pre-pandemic. <laughs> pre-pandemic when, you know, you meet a lot of strangers on, on the cruise. Mm-hmm. And I met this family where my kids was playing with, with their child. And we were just standing there beside each other. And I tried to spark a conversation. And I noticed the father was wearing the Raptors t-shirt, the basketball shirt. And I can tell that he was from Canada, being from, from Toronto. And that's how I started a conversation. I was like, oh, I see that you're wearing a Raptors shirt. And we were able to start talking about a little bit about basketball, a little bit about where we're from, what we do and all that. And just from that, we were able to actually exchange contact at the end of the very short, like I think a 15, 20 minute conversation that we would like to connect uh, further there. So that's like one example of, of connecting is building that trust and rapport by finding a common interest. Another, you know, let's just imagine like going to, let's say a wedding, right? Going to a wedding there. One of the common things is that we all know, you know, the, the, the couple, like, right? So that's a great way to, to bond with each other. I also believe that the way to connect is a big part is really showcasing warmth and curiosity. And you just never know, like just by doing that, just by being genuinely yourself, what opportunities may open up out there. Mm-hmm. One of the examples I love sharing was actually, this was many years ago at a wedding. Uh, the MC, which was a sibling of, of the groom, she had fantastic energy and warmth and enthusiasm that it was just very captivating. Like she got the entire crowd going there. And I knew that she was a new grad. Right? I, I knew from my friends that she was a new grad, that she was graduating, and she's looking for a job. And I remember, like, she was just made this instant impression on me that I actually said to my husband that she would be fantastic for your new grad leadership program at your company. And long story short, I referred her to the company, and she got hired. Until this day, she's still at the company. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> just working a microphone at a wedding. <laughs> like this is like these what I call opportunities that you don't even think about that you can actually land a job by really showcasing your best self. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Okay, cool. So that's some of the connecting piece. Can you dig a bit more into some of the, our, our personal brand, professional story, unique value proposition, kinds of self-knowledge and and representation pieces? How do we, I guess, get that clarity first of all. And then, and how do you recommend we like write it up or what do we do with that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big question there. What I'm going to break it down is I'm going to break it down from the the clarity piece and then I'll move into the branding piece. So that's part of a lot of work I do is really helping people get clear of who they are, what they want, what's important to you. When you have clarity, you have more courage and confidence to pursue whatever you want. And you come across as a much more compelling communicator. So the first step is really knowing, like, what are my core strengths? What are my interests? What are my core values? When you even get clear on the strengths, interests, and values, it becomes your guiding compass of what kind of opportunities that you want to pursue. And it becomes like your selection criteria as well in evaluating opportunities. So the first step is always soul searching before job searching. I find the common mistake people make is that they jump right into job searching, updating their resume and LinkedIn profile before even getting clear on what their target is. And I have found that when you're not clear on what you're targeting, your messages, your brand, your the way you communicate, it's not compelling or convincing enough. So that's really the first step. It really pays off by doing that soul searching work. Mm-hmm. And I have found by doing that for those who want to say make a pivot, pivot into a different industry, a different profession, 
it's really going to help them with updating or fine-tuning the next stage, which is the personal branding, right? I'm really passionate about personal branding because my belief is that when you elevate your personal brand, you essentially increase your markability, which is ability to attract more opportunities, and your ability to increase your earning potential, mm-hmm. right? So the greater your brand, the greater your market value, which is aka your earning potential there. And so this whole personal branding piece is really what I love to do as, as a coach is essentially identifying what differentiates you, mm-hmm. what differentiates you, what are your unique selling points? So I have my five piece that I guide my clients through when it comes to defining their personal brand. And so the first, and I'll, I'll walk yeah, your audience through here, the five piece here. The first is the product, which is seeing yourself as a product. So you want to think about your features. What are your strengths? What are your skills? What's your personality, your expertise, your interest? All those things that you want to identify, like really just getting clarity on that. If you're not clear what your strengths are, you can take a test called the Gallup Assessment, which is a strengths finder, in identifying your top five strengths. Okay? Mm-hmm. The second P is the potential, which is really your performance and results. So this is what I call the track record of success. This is like the proof points, right? Employers love to see your track record of success there. So really mapping out all these accomplishments of yours and all these, your performance reviews and results is really going to help you tell a compelling story. And then the third P is the perception, which is how others see you, right? This is your reputation. And what you can do is that if you're not sure, is to send out a survey to your friends, your colleagues, your boss, send it out to at least 25 to 30 people. Ask them questions like, what words would they use to describe you? What are your core strengths? What value do you bring? How to describe your leadership style or communication style? And I find that when my clients do this exercise, it's always very eye-opening because it helps them see like, oh, this is how I'm perceived. And these are the things that I want to amplify, mm-hmm. right? If that's really true to you. So an example, like one of the core words people always tell me is that I'm always very high energy, uh, very passionate about what I do. So the way I show up, I want to reflect that as well. Okay? And then the fourth one is positioning. So this is around the messaging, which is really helping you craft out your unique value proposition. This is where you want to think of essentially like your personal branding statement, your top three unique selling points. I believe in selling yourself in three points because that's how you become more memorable. This is where you can come up with the benefits of hiring you. Like what are the benefits are there? So really thinking it from the employer standpoint. And then lastly is the last P, which is packaging. So this is the whole how you present yourself, how you want to show up online, on camera, the whole in terms of your brand style, your tone of voice, all those things tied to the packaging piece. So when you walk through these five steps of the five P's of personal branding, it's really going to help you then elevate all your other marketing materials. Like you think of the resume, the LinkedIn profile, your elevator pitch, everything's going to tie back to your personal brand. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fun. That's funny. It's funny. You said the P's is like, oh, product, place, price, promotion. Uh, <laughs> we start with products like, Really? <laughs> so then, okay, I got you now. So packaging, that, that's interesting. So that could very much be the things like what you're wearing. Yep. Your your brand color. Resume. Yeah. Design. Yes. Yep. So what I like about your framework is one, it's alliterative, so you can remember it. So thank you. <laughs> Five Ps. And, and two, it's like resume formatting and clothing stuff is not the end-all be-all. 
but it matters. It is one of the five. And, and so mm-hmm. I, I like that because as you said, it's tempting to get right, to go right for the, ah, let's jump right to the, the job hunting. And, and you said we want to do soul searching before job searching, right? Yes. Nice turn of a phrase. Yeah. Thank you. So that's excellent. Well, so now I'm curious with regard to, to packaging, I, I think there's, there's some, some easy things with regard to don't have crazy, crazy fonts in your resume. Look, look professional. Don't have your LinkedIn photo be shirtless or, or bikini, unless you're a model. That's what you're trying to represent specifically. Like, yeah, look how I'm beautiful. You should hire right. me to promote your products. So, but I, I guess what, what I'm thinking most about is positioning with the personal branding statement, the the three steps, the benefits, please let's, let's dig deep into this. Sure. This is, I mean, it takes time. A lot of, this is like an exercise where it takes a lot of time for, for people to do. Maybe we can go into the branding statement because that's usually the, the arc of oh, sure. the rest of the things, the benefit statements there. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So I can share your, you know, when we think of personal branding statement, it's something essentially it's like a short and sweet soundbite. That is the anchor of defining who you are, what you bring to the table. That's what it really is. And I, I see it as like an arc that helps sets the tone and stage of the rest of your content, right? It can also be used as like a very simple one-liner intro when you're introducing yourself. You can have it at the top of your LinkedIn bio statement or the tagline. It can also be part of like your top uh, statement and, and your resume as well. So you can come up with that and then just tweak it accordingly. So I'll share with you I guess some of the guiding principle I would say, like, you know, if you ask, like, what are some things you want to avoid is you want to avoid being fluffy in terms of just having descriptive words that is being fluffy. You really want to focus on essentially impact. Like, what is the value that you really bring to the table? So I'll give you an example uh, for myself that what I've created is I'll say something like I'm a personal branding marketer for corporate leaders and executives in career transition. Mm-hmm. I'm known for identifying your unique value mastering your messages and communicating with confidence to stand out, get hired and earn more. So you see what I created here is you have the title, right? The the title, a bit of of what you do in terms of your profession. And then who I serve is serving those corporate leaders in transition, which is like the specific scenario that they're in. And then you can use I'm known for, or I have a track record of success in, and you either identify like one to three of these value prop statements that is essentially more employer focus or what someone wants to achieve. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool. Now, so that this can land in the top of our, sort of the summary of our resume, it can land as the top, let's see, I guess we're, we have a character limit in the LinkedIn Tagline, yes. Tagline. So that that could be the personal branding marketing bit. Yeah. What you can do to shorten, here's how I can help you here. If you think of LinkedIn, yes, the tagline, they're shortened. So what I can say is I help you stand out, get hired, and earn more. Okay. So that's there. But then in your description, you can go into that the whole bit. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can shorten it in the in the tagline uh, that way. Okay. Well, so that was great. I'm just, I'm thinking more, more, more. Could you give us some more great examples and then maybe some disappointing examples and tell us "Mm, what's a little bit off here? (laughs) I'll give another one. I don't know if I have a a poor example one right now. (laughs) I have another one is a marketing uh, person as well. I'm a analytical marketing leader with a proven Mm -hmm. track record of managing successful marketing campaigns Mm -hmm. and deriving insights from data to drive business growth. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
So in this example, we describe this person as an analytical marketing leader. Okay. In some instances, they like to have people who are analytical in type of roles, right? In, in, in this case, we talked about managing successful marketing campaigns and deriving insights from data to drive business growth. So we know that someone is like a data-driven marketer, essentially, in simple terms, a data-driven marketer. All right. So that was fun when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to, or, or marketing or coaching. How about something in like project management? Mm, that's a great question. So one of the tips I want to offer the audience, right, because I know there's many of you have different professions, different area of expertise. The way I want to coach you to really think about it is one is think about the words that you describe you, right? And second is really thinking back about what's the main mandate of what you do and what's the significance or the importance of the work that you do, right? So if you can just ask yourself those questions is like, I help drive, is it revenue if you work in sales or if I'm in accounting, either I help ensure things are accurate or if I'm in marketing that I help drove uh, market share, you want to just get clear on what are those market uh, metrics there. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example around project management, right? An example could be, I'm a strategic project manager with proven success driving multifaceted software implementation projects that spark incredible results and ROI for my clients. Mm-hmm. So this is like something short and sweet, right? You can go deeper if you like to have more numbers, but at least at a very high level, you're getting clear on, okay, you work on software projects mm-hmm. that help with driving an ROI for your clients. So that already gives a hint to someone that you could be maybe in a role that you work with the clients in a consulting role, but in a project management capacity. Yeah, that's handy. And then that gets you thinking in terms of, because I guess there's always this delicate dance between we want more detail versus being succinct. And because it's sort of like, oh, incredible results in ROI. I'm thinking, was it more on the cost reduction side or more on the revenue generation side? And then yeah, I guess that's that's why people hire you <laughs> is, is to really get into the, oh, the trade-offs associated with, is do I have to do it? Is it going to take me 20 words to, to describe what incredible result means in my world? Or is it so varied that we're going to have to leave it at that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so one of the things I want to point out for the listeners who are listening to this is this is a soundbite. So meaning it's like short and sweet and punchy. It's a little different when you're supposed to talk, uh, come up with your elevator pitch. Like, you know, the common question, tell me about yourself. It's a build on to that. So if you get a question in an interview, tell me about yourself. Don't just use this one-liner soundbite. <laughs> Make sure that you go more in-depth. And this is where I guide people through another formula of helping them craft out their two-minute uh, elevator pitch there. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us about that. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the elevator pitch is something I love working with people. I have a course called Master Your Glowing Introduction, and it's my popular six piece. I have another six piece that I guide uh, clients through uh, there. And so it's broken down into three paragraphs. The, the first is essentially the who you are piece. So think of your passion. That's where the first piece is your passion. What do you care about? And the second P is essentially the potential, like what are you known for, right? Like think of your strengths. Mm -hmm. So that gives a really good sense of who you are. Most people tend to just start off with the chronological order of when they finish school and start the entire career history. But if you start with this of what you care about and what you're good at, it's going to pique interest. And then the second paragraph essentially is your credibility, which is the third P of your past experience and your proud accomplishment. Mm -hmm. So this is going to give credibility because you're going to share with them 
a summary of your experience. So instead of just listing out every single job that you had, you really want to think of a summary of years of experience in this industry and these functional areas that you've worked in, and then highlight some of the problems or projects that you've worked, that you've done. And then come up with a good story because no one else is going to have this proud accomplishment story that's same as you. So you want to think of something that you're really proud of that's going to become more memorable. Uh-huh. And then to close, which is a third paragraph, is the fifth P, is present. So you want to bring it back to the present of what are you looking for now? What's next? Why are you looking for a change? Or what's bring it back to if you're going for an interview, like why are we talking here? And the other P is purpose, right? The purpose. If you're trying to sell yourself is we want to talk about why you. Why do you believe you're the best candidate for this opportunity? Or why do you believe you're going to be successful for this job? So just by following this formula, it's going to give you essentially, when you think about it, a bit of who you are, what's your track record of success, your motivation of what you want and why you want it. And I can tell you from experience, every time I do this exercise with people without them having any knowledge of the six Ps, all they talk about is what they've done since they finished school. Yeah. Well, it, it, so uh, that sounds nice. So that's about two minutes uh, altogether? Yes, two minutes. Mm, beautiful. Well, Diana, tell us anything else you want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things. You know, one thing I do want to do since we're on this topic, if we can maybe talk about is for those who are looking to pivot or looking to make a change, how they can go about doing that. I think what are some of the things that they can, can do to, to help them with, with that? Oh, sure. So- For those who are really feeling either stuck or at a crossroads, how to go about figuring out what's next or a few pieces of advice I would offer. One is I talked about the soul searching before job searching, right? That's the first piece is really gaining that uh, career clarity. Second is go conduct informational interviews. Go talk to people to find out what does that day-to-day look like? What does it take to be successful? What are the challenges in the job, right? When you get more intel and insights, it's going to help you have better conversations there. Third is once you know what you want is create a reverse engineer roadmap to figure out what are the steps it takes for me to to get there. So you may want to even identify like what are those options? Like if you're not clear what you want yet, identify and brainstorm these options out and assess the pros and cons. You can talk to people, you can do research, whatever that is, it's really going to help you gain uh, more uh, clarity there. Once you have all this information and you're really clear what you're going after next, is this really all the, the stuff that I do is like about repositioning, right? Repositioning your brand, uh, to figuring out what really differentiates you, what's going to resonate with the audience. And then think about how am I going to update my LinkedIn profile, my elevator pitch, my resume to really tie it back to your brand that's really going to make you stand out there. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, now, Diana, could you share with us a favorite quote, something you find inspiring? Well, one of my favorite quotes I love to say, a lot of uh, my, my listeners, like they don't know it, is that own your greatness with confidence to shine and thrive. And what I mean by that is when you own your greatness and believe you have something valuable to offer and you own it with your confidence, you're more likely to shine, stand out and reach your full potential and make a difference. All right. And now could you share a favorite study or experiment or bit of research? Yeah. So Vanessa Van Edwards. Mm-hmm. Her book and cues, their research that was really fascinating was around how they studied 495 pitches on Shark Tank. And what they discover, those who actually win the pitch or get the money from the sharks are those who have demonstrated that high uh, competence and the high charisma, the warmth. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I find that very, very fascinating. And so this is where it ties into the work I do. What I said earlier of this podcast is it's not just about being the most qualified candidate. It's about how you say what you say that's going to win you as the ideal candidate to hire. And a favorite book? My favorite book is Designing Your Life, which is a great book for those who are not sure uh, what they want to do next. That's a great book to check out. Okay. And a favorite tool, something you use to be awesome at your job? LinkedIn, hands down. I love using LinkedIn on a daily basis to share content, share my expertise, connect with people, make new friends. I, I love doing that. And I also love just having my own show to, to connect with my audience. And a favorite habit? Well, one thing I've been doing is actually having this morning ritual right now is really making sure I'm taking care of myself, whether it's taking my vitamins, taking all these uh, healthy uh, drinks or having like this quiet moment of meditation before you know I take my kids to school. Those are some things that I really want to feel ground and start my day uh, strong and fresh there. And is there a key nugget you share that really seems to connect and resonate with folks? They quote it back to you often. It's the own your greatness. Own your greatness with confidence because you know why, Pete, is oftentimes when people come to me, they lack that confidence in selling themselves effectively. In order for you to reach that next level role or get promoted, you really have to own your greatness with confidence to really reach those next level opportunities. Mm -hmm. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks looking to be awesome at your jobs? Yeah. So what I would say is like start tracking your accomplishments and results. If it's something you haven't been doing, create a success file to start tracking your accomplishments that you're proud of. And then I would encourage for those who are not active yet on LinkedIn or have a bare bones profile on LinkedIn, I encourage you to create an awesome LinkedIn profile and to connect with me as well. That's how you're going to start building your network and attract more great opportunities there. Okay, so on LinkedIn, they just type Diana Chan, C-H-A-N, and there you are. They type in Diana Y.K. Chan because there's a tons of Diana Chans. If you type <laughs> Diana Y.K. Chan, you'll certainly find me there. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Diana, this has been a treat. I, I wish you all the best and, and keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Pete. I really loved Diana's take about soul searching before job searching. And one, it's just extremely practical in terms of making sure you arrive at a destination that you want to. But also, I think even more broadly, when it comes to pursuing any objective, it can be tempting to just sort of knee-jerk reaction, go do the most conspicuous thing. I'm thinking also like house hunting. You think of HGTV, oh, we got to look at all these places. But likewise, I think soul searching there too is helpful for, so you don't end up somewhere that you don't want to be. It's like, oh, oops, actually... This is not supporting my major goals. Should have done that soul searching first, separately, prior to looking at spaces or, or opportunities. Again, the show notes, the transcript, the links to items we've referenced are awesome at yourjob.com slash EP755. Hope to catch you next time and peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.